welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. of your word the Bible says it brings light it brings illumination so father we ask this morning change us oh God don't challenge us just change us give us new experience in you let us come into newness oh God oh let your word bring life and light let it bring illumination here today. Let us be changed from within, transformed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for who you are. We receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to change us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Welcome someone and have your seat quickly in God's presence. Hallelujah. Today I begin a new uh, series I've titled The Man God Uses. The Man God Uses. God is the architect of the world. He is the controller general of all that exists. Of all, everything that exists. He is the creator of everything. He's the father of light. He's the father of light. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. I'll start from verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. It was not possible that he should be held by it because there was a determined purpose according to the knowledge of God. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Clearly defined. Not Jesus the Christ. No. Jesus of Nazareth, the one that God used to save the world. Jesus of so before he became Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, it was Jesus of Nazareth. And God attested him, God confirmed him by miracles and signs and wonders. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1, 
It said, God who at sundry times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins and sat at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than angels he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they talking about this Jesus of Nazareth nothing in our natural world is a product of itself everything comes from the supernatural comes from the supernatural nature of God and it is that supernatural nature of God that sustains everything man is tripod body soul and spirit so it's that supernatural. So our God remains the architect of all that exists and all that is at play. His immense wisdom transcends the limited understanding of men. Recently, the, what's happening in our nation got a lot of people thinking, worried, disturbed, concerned. And people ask questions. You see believers come up to say, uh, is God really there? Do we really believe in a God and all this is happening? The wisdom of God transcends the effects and workings of the natural man. Even in death, God had a master plan in Jesus. So they said, if the prince of this world knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The plan of God was that Jesus would die. That was his plan. And Satan's agenda was to kill him. So that the plan of God will not come to pass. So even in death, the plan of God was being executed. Even in death. So it tells me in every aspect that really, I don't need to worry about many things. Why? Because I may not know what God is up to. But because I know that he is love, I know what he cannot be up to. So Jesus is being led away to be crucified. And then God's promise is that a Messiah will come. And then the people have received the Messiah and then only for him to die. It doesn't make sense. You promised us that a savior would come. Now we've gotten the savior. We want to crown him king. The natural thing to do is to take him to the palace, put a crown on his head and voila. But God's plan is also to make him king. How be it? A different kind of king. A different kind of king. So think about it. God's, God's prophecy has come to you. His word has come to you. You received that word. And then you're running with the word. And you think that the word is supposed to bring you to A. In your own natural understanding. And then you're doing everything possible to make sure that it brings you to A. But God is saying no, no, no. I want to take you to A. How bad a different kind of A. Jesus 
was meant to be the Messiah. Yes, the king. But a different kind of kingdom. A different kind of ruling. A different kind of atmosphere. So Jesus of Nazareth. So God remains the architect. He controls everything. So when I understand that, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. That I lost my job does not mean that God doesn't want to give me a job. You don't understand. Even in death, we are victorious. I remember those days in SU. Anything that happens to us. Maybe I'm going on the way and then you have a flat tire. You say, ah, I didn't pray very well this morning. No, 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 no. No, that's not why. That's not why. You get to the office you, and they give you a pink slip. Pink slip is a sack letter. They give you a pink slip and then the next thing you say, oh, ah, was it because of what I did last night? No, 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 no. No. You see believers, the guy wants to go for an interview on Monday and then he was at the club on Sunday. He got to the interview on Monday and they didn't do well. And then he, he now blames the fact that he went to the club on Sunday. But the unbeliever that was on the club Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday got to the same interview and did well. And then you think that just that Sunday you went to the club. Then you didn't. I mean, no, 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 no. You need to realize that what governs the natural is the supernatural. And as believers, we have an advantage in the supernatural. That's where we live. That's where we live. So our life and our experiences should not be based on the natural alone. No. Things may not go the way we planned, but things will always go the way he plans. It may not work out the way you are expecting, but it will always work out the way he's expecting. So my expectations do not matter where his expectations are. They don't matter. John chapter 1. From verse 6. The Bible says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. That all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. When God wants to do anything, he looks for a man. He anoints the man to do what he wants to do. He anoints the man for his purpose. So there was a man sent from God to do something. There was a man sent from God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power to do something. So there's a purpose behind, behind the anointing. There's a purpose behind the calling. There's nothing external about a man that can sustain him. There's nothing external. Every relief experience you have that is sustainable must come from inside. 
There's nothing I would do to you externally that will sustain you. Nothing. If I give you a thousand naira every day, it will not sustain Your salary, let me tell you, it can't sustain you. It can't. It cannot. By the way, somebody invented salary system. Somebody invented it. It's not an invention of God. Go check your history. Can't remember the guy's name now. If there was no salary system before, who was paying who what? No. Somebody came up, an economist, I can't remember his name now, designed the system and sold it to the world and the world bought it and they started a salary system and reward system. But check out, organizations are now realizing that that's not an effective way to determine productivity. It's not an effective way. If you think I'm lying, your government, sorry, our government, how many people in the local government, you've gone to the local government to sign a document and the person sitting there, he's receiving salary. But that salary is not even justified. Because you don't know why the person is being paid. What is he doing? What value is he adding? Nothing. Nothing. Just being paid. So the only, the sustenance, the thing that can sustain man has to come from inside. And man being a spiritual being can never be sustained by any natural thing. Never. I used to tell people that do you think that a God, you know our body, the way our body works and functions is that some part of our body, if not all, can self-heal. Can self-heal. So God designed man in such a way and do you even think that a God, an almighty, the almighty God who created heaven and earth, created, created you and I, would design us in such a way that we would depend on medical science or depend on natural things to survive. No, it's impossible. The way he created us is such that we depend on him. Our sustenance come from him. I'll give you an example. Maybe you're fasting and waiting on God. And then you're feeling hungry. It's a natural thing. Jesus too was hungry. So don't feel bad. Natural thing. You're feeling hungry. And then you said, okay, let me just pray. And you start praying. The presence of God filled the place. All of a sudden, the hunger leaves you. When they even bring the food, say you're not hungry. Why? That's what happened to Jesus. He said, I have food that you know not of. Ah, this thing is more than natural things. It's more than natural things. There's a supernatural sustenance that comes from him to us. That keeps us and allows us to keep going. It comes from him. So nothing external about a man can sustain a man. The best of a man, I will always say, is a man. And you were not designed to function outside the supernatural at all. That's not the design of God. Let's go to Job. Job chapter 32 and verse 8. It said, but there is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understanding. There is a spirit in man the breath of the almighty gives him understanding. You know, men don't use God. God uses men. Let me say that again. Men, we don't use God. He's the one that uses us. 
it's not the purpose of man that needs to be fulfilled. It is the purpose of God. So the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, gives him understanding. So that understanding that he has, the sustenance comes from him. Comes from him. Man's only purpose and reason for existence is to fulfill the ultimate purpose of God. The ultimate purpose. So then we can conclude that purpose, purpose, which I call responsibility, is superior to position. Purpose is superior to positioning. Romans 2.11 says, there is no partiality with God. There is no partiality with God. There is no partiality with God. Purpose is superior to position. I'll explain that in a minute. So God has a purpose. Follow me carefully. On earth. And to accomplish that purpose, he looks for a man. So the Bible says there was a man sent from God. His name was John. To do something, accomplish a purpose, fulfill a mission. Whose purpose? God's purpose. Not John's purpose. God's purpose. So I say again, purpose is superior to position. Mark that thought. You will know why I said so. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 1. I read the New International Version. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery, under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Sonship is a position. Am I correct? But when the set time had come, fully come, verse 4, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. The purpose came first before the position of sonship. Let me say that again. The purpose of God sending Jesus so that you will get into a position came first before your position. So the idea that I will take my position as a son and put it as purpose to determine what comes to me is wrong. The idea that because I'm now a son, I now think that sonship is equal to 
is wrong. Because the man that God will use and send will be on purpose and not because he's a son. That's why he said in the beginning, as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate. What is he trying to say? He's trying to say that the, the thing that the slave does and the child cannot do makes the slave more important according to purpose than the child. Though the child owns the whole estate but he cannot do it. Why? Because he has not come of age. But he's still a son. He still has that positioning with God. But God cannot use him. Why? Because he has not come of age. He has not taken responsibility. So God can't use him. But the son is claiming that I'm a son, I'm a son, I'm a son. My father owns. A, imagine my son Jesse comes and says, um, Mommy, that is not home. So, you know, I'm the heir apparent. So, I need the car key. Mom will look him funny. Yes, is he, is, is he lying? No. He's heir apparent. But he doesn't, he hasn't come of age. So, he cannot be used to deliver that outcome. No matter how important the outcome is, the mom would rather look for Uncle Ikena and say, please, can you come and drive this car to fulfill the purpose? So I say again, responsibility, purpose is more superior than positioning. So when we come before God, we don't come before him as sonship. Listen to me carefully. Yes, I know we are sons. That's a fact. But when it comes to God using us to do the things that he wants to do on earth. Remember I said he's the architect. He's the one that controls everything. God would rather look for someone who is taking responsibility and working in purpose to achieve what he wants to do than a son. Though he's a son. That is the justification for people like Zuckerberg and people like Gates. That's the justification of people like that. That's why a dangote will still be supplying the entire nation. If you don't know, he's supplying the entire nation. Why? There is a purpose beyond sonship that God needs to get done. And when God needs to get it done, he looks for responsibility. If the son is responsible, the son will take it. But when the son is not responsible, he looks for who is responsible. Why? To get his purpose done. So as sons and daughters of God, what do we need to do? We need to come to a point where we ask big questions. How can I fit in in my environment, my workplace? How can I change the dynamics of things around? How can I be instrumental to affect the way people live and the way people think? How? What can I create? What can I invent? What, can I, what product or service can I introduce to the world that will make the world a better place? How can, when you're thinking like that, God begins to relate with you based on purpose. And he says, I have need 
of this person. A lot of people in the US were crying when Trump became president. They don't understand. There's a purpose beyond their politics. There's a purpose beyond their politics. And then God finds you worthy and sees that, oh, I can trust this person with responsibility, not because he's a son, but the sonship only gives, only gives us um, a privilege, only gives us first right. So before he does anything, he looks for his sons. Are there any of my sons that knows about programming, that can program and design something like Facebook, and he finds none of them? And what are they doing? They're fasting and praying. But he's showing it to them, but they can't see it. They're still fasting and praying. And he says, I've showed it to you. Step out and do this thing. They say, eh, what if the money doesn't come? And then he finds someone like Zuckerberg sitting down and thinking and planning. And then saying, okay, how can I get this thing done? Night and day, night and day, thinking, 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 thinking. And God says, you know what, angels? Purpose is greater. Let's get this thing done. And then all of us start paying for it. And an iPhone comes up. They don't tell us before they bring up the phone. The one they want to bring next year is in the cooler. All of you iPhone users. When they bring it out, you buy. Why? They've designed a system. They've designed a need that they've gone ahead to anticipate what you want. And created it ready for you. And they, all they just need to do is iPhone, whatever is out now. iPhone 13. And then you see Kola say, Chai, how do I get that iPhone? Oh. That is it. Samsung too have planned their own. It's still the same call. And you look at those phones. The difference is not just... You have say the camera is like this. The camera is 2. The camera is 3. The new iPhone, I think they've reduced the number of cameras. So, so, why did they put 5 or 6 before? Now... I don't understand. That's the way it is. So God is looking for people that will take responsibility more than positioning. And not say because they are sons. I've heard people pray. Say, Father Lord, you know I'm your daughter. Who is, who is not his daughter? Who is not his son? Who is not his son? Go and check scripture. The last person that prayed like that, God shocked him. He said, you think you're the only one? I have 50 people that have not bowed down to Baal. The guy kept quiet. He said, yeah, I'm the only one left. The only good boy here. Jezebel has killed everybody. Only me, your lawyer. So he said, my friend, keep quiet. There are 50 people there. Sonship gets us nowhere. It puts us in a position where we qualify for certain things. But that's not all there is to it. There is a sense of responsibility that needs to be attached to that sonship that gives us a leverage. So when we are thinking and praying, we have easy access. When the people in the world are doing research and thinking and planning and when we get in the presence of God and we're speaking in tongues, do you know what speaking in tongues is? The world has defined it. It's programming. It's code. We are speaking a language. The world doesn't understand. The world said, eh, okay. We will design a language. That, that is, is code. Have you seen programmers before? They write those things, look like jargons. When you are speaking in tongues, so that's how it sounds in their ear. Like jargons. But what? You are communicating something. So when they put it to and transfer it here, they are communicating something and it's getting certain things done. So 
if you give the world time, they will catch up with anything and everything. It may take them 100 years, 50 years. But one believer who is a son can come up one day and say, you know what? I'm a doctor. Why are people dying of cancer? God, I can't be here. What is my purpose? With that tenacity and that anger in him, he gets in the presence of God and says, no, I want to change the space, the medical space. God, what's the cure to cancer? As he's doing his research, he's speaking in tongues. As he's doing his research, he's speaking in tongues. Before too long, and God delivers to him, mene, mene, teke, teke. That is it. If God shows me, I can't understand it. I'm not a doctor. I can't understand it. But you that you are a doctor, if he shows it to you, you will understand it. You that you are an architect, if God shows you the plan and design for this entire OG or this entire protocol, you will understand. But if me, I won't see that. Say, ah, God just showed me something, something like this. I don't understand it. But you will understand. When you get in the presence of God and you are communing with the Spirit and He's downloading things to you, He's saying, I'm giving you responsibility. Can you handle it? That's what He's saying. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Can you handle it? So when you embrace purpose, over positioning, you step into the supernatural of God. For God Himself is a spirit. And he's not limited or governed by natural laws and conditions. Though we live in a natural world, our experiences and results must have a supernatural source in order to fulfill a supernatural agenda. And this agenda transcends the limits of geography, culture, tradition, tra anything, ethnic race. It transcends everything. Anyone who embraces this agenda becomes the man God uses. It is not about any one of us. It is all about him. Jesus, a man sent from God, anointed, who went about doing good. So when God wants to get something done, it doesn't take him anything. Calls a man and anoints him. That's what he wants done. He calls him and anoints him. And then the man goes to get what he, what he wants done. It's the purpose of God. So responsibility is, more, is superior to positioning. So our understanding of this perspective enables us to live a supernatural life in a natural world. Knowing that our source, which is God, is supernatural. Our source is supernatural. Second Chronicles chapter 26 from verse 1. It says, Then all the people of Judea took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father, Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his ancestors. Uzziah was 16 years old. That's the position. Listen, 16 years old. When he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years, his mother's name was Jecolia. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of God, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God 
as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. As long as he recognized that my source is from a spiritual perspective and not the natural, God gave him success. If you read the other part of, the, of that chapter, you'll see that it got to a point where his heart turned from God and his end was terrible. Yet he's a son. His heart turned from God. He moved away from the purpose of God and everything changed. I don't have time to read that. Everything changed. First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 14. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. See so what man knows the mind of God. But we have the mind of Christ. So the things that are natural. In the natural world. The natural man cannot receive it. Why? Because these things are spiritually descend. They come from God. They come from God. We that are sons. We have an advantage. To get these things from the presence of God. We have an advantage to make a difference in our world beyond our space. Beyond our space. Beyond our space. Beyond our space. Glory to God. Many years ago, I remember I was, uh, I got a call from a friend. He wanted, he wanted to do, he was stuck somewhere. On a Sunday morning, I was, I was in church and then he kept calling. So, I didn't answer the call. I sent him a message. I'm in church. He said, as soon as you're done, please call me. There's an emergency. Something needs to happen and all that. I said, okay. I called him afterwards and he, and he said to me, oh, you remember this client that we're working with? I said, yes. Um, it was um, somewhere at the Sectariat in Lagos. He said, uh, education board or something like that. He said, oh, the, the, the server, server was down and um, it's been down over the weekend and we need to get it up and all that. So I said, okay, after service, I'll come. So I went there after the service and I looked at the thing and I, honestly, I didn't know what to do. I just didn't know what to do. So I said, to, I said, I just said a prayer and I said, God, I said, Holy Spirit, can you please just tell me what to do? And they said to me that they've been on this thing for hours. In fact, from I think Friday or Saturday, they've been on it. I actually saw a white guy who had logged in from the US or UK, wherever it was, and was working on the server, trying to figure it out and, and get it up. So I said, I just said, there's a little prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, can you just um, um, tell me what to do? And then he just said, press this, press this, check this, check this, change this, change this, change this, change this. Right there on the spot. And the server came up in about 20 minutes. And then they said, what did you do? I said, honestly, I don't know. But I had knowledge prior of what to do as regards networking and, and computer programming and, and things like that. So if God speaks to me, I will understand. So with that sonship, I can go before him and say, speak Lord. But without prior knowledge, when he talks, I won't understand. I cannot interpret it. But when I have prior knowledge, and then I go to him as a son and he talks to me. I will hear. 
Stand to your feet. I will understand and I'll be able to interpret it. It's not enough to say God use me, God use me. People pray that prayer a lot. God use me, God use me. Who does he not want to use? He wants to use all of us. But the truth is, many of us are not taking responsibility to be used. We're not. We're resting on the fact that because we are, we are sons and daughters, then he should use us. No, that's not, that's, that's not the criteria. That's not a guarantee that because I'm a son in the kingdom, I'm a daughter in the kingdom, then God must use me first. Eh, why are unbelievers getting all the jobs? Why would they not get the job? If you're not qualified, you're not qualified. You say, ah, nah, I don't like that, that, that brother in, in church. He doesn't, give, he doesn't give church members job. Uncle, if you're not qualified, even me, I will not employ you. You're not qualified. You're not qualified. Get qualified. Get qualified. We're just paying us small, small salary. Uncle, if you want big salary, solve big problems. Solve big problems. That company, they don't pay too much. Just they pay us small, small, small thing. No, it's what you deserve. If you're bold enough to tell yourself that, ah, they are paying me what you know those days when we write the exam they say how what this call they said they gave me C no you got C say they gave you who gave you that's why <laughs> say don't buy that lecture out you just gave me a B uncle you got B <laughs> nobody gave you you got B so let's get out from that mentality when God wants to use us let us show ourselves that we can be used and take the responsibility to walk in that space. And God says, yes, I can entrust you with this. He says, I know Abraham. He will command his children after me. I say, I know him. I know him. I was telling us the other day, God was boasting about Job. He said, Satan. Ah. He said, ah. Say to show. Ah. Say to show. He said, ah. Have you checked out that guy? Job. Jobo. Satan said, I know him now, Jobo. See that guy is a bad guy. Have you checked him out? Say, Pale, leave that thing. This is Pale now. Say, Pale, leave that thing. See, it's because you have created an edge around him. Say, ah, that one is a Bobo. Okay, I'll remove the edge. Because I know him. I know him. I know him. I know him. There's a new season upon us as a people on earth. There's a new season. The time when the church is waiting. I hear, when I hear people talk about wealth transfer, I say we are waiting for the wealth transfer. Wealth transfer from who to who? If we don't say why do why do why do uh, um, um, servants walk and princes are on horses? I say, why would the prince not be walking when he doesn't know that he's a prince? But the day he knows, he comes to realization that he's a prince. Naturally, he will get on the horse. Naturally. So we are waiting for wealth transfer. No, it won't come like that. No. It won't come like that. 
Let me give you an example of how wealth transfer will come. You are in an organization. You are working. And then you walk your way up to management level. And then one day, as you are in the board, and they say they are looking for a chairman, and then while you are there, you've gathered experience and knowledge. And then God speaks to you and everything supernaturally gone. They push you as chairman. Then you become chairman. Not by you sit down at home and be waiting for somebody that has built his company 20 years ago. I'm waiting for Dangote to come and say, okay, believers, come and take oh, this is wealth transfer. Oh, what are you talking about? It can't work. Can it work? It can't work. No. Somebody who has knowledge and insight will get it. You will apply. You will go for interview. Senate will call you. You can't sit down your house and say, eh, well transfer, I will get to the Senate. No! You will join the party. You will put your name down that you want to be a counselor, you want to be a senator. You will go for the meeting. What are you saying? You will go for it, sit down there. Senate will call you to panel. You will go through all those things. Yes, we are sons. But there is a responsibility that falls on the man that God uses. And we have to become that person. We have to. Lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Let there be liberation let there be liberation. Let your people be set free. Set free. Set free to embrace responsibility for the things that you have called us to. To walk in your purpose. To walk in your purpose. And to fulfill your agenda and your plan. That the strength to rise up and move in the direction of purpose will come upon us. I ask in Jesus' name. Come and put your hands together for the Lord. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org. For information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.